Hi there, it's me, Jen, and you're listening to StarCast. Every week on StarCast, you're going to get the astrological insight that you need to navigate your way through life. This means I'm going to tell you where the planets are in the sky and what that means for us. I guess to explain myself more clearly, I'm going to be your translator of the cosmos. I know that might not sound like a real job, but it's one I've been learning to do for a very long time. I've studied evolutionary astrology, shamanic astrology, and now more recently, archetypal astrology. I give readings to people all over the world, as well as I teach people how to become astrologers. But you can find all that out on my website at jenantel.com. Also make sure you follow me on Instagram at jenantelastrology. And yes, my last name is like Ant Hill, but it's without the H. Okay, so what makes my work unique is that I'm a sidereal astrologer. This means that I base my astrological practice on where the planets actually are in the sky. Sidereal astrology accounts for the progression and the movement of our solar system. The planets are not fixed and stagnant beings, but their placement moves and changes over time. Sidereal astrology takes this movement into account. If you've never heard of sidereal astrology before, don't worry, you can watch a quick video about it on my website. Again, jenantel.com. Also, there's going to be many more conversations to come about sidereal astrology, but basically it means I'm different than your average astrologer. Along with giving you weekly planetary forecasts, I'm also going to add in insights and thoughts that have to do with deepening into our emotional and mental health. The planets are constantly supporting us and calling us toward transformation. I want to help you all understand how to best navigate that transformation for your own life. I also have a background in shamanic counseling, and I'm currently getting my master's degree in depth psychology. That sounds kind of fancy, right? So basically me and the emotional world, we go way back. Don't forget to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You know how this goes, right? The more reviews you leave, the more people get to listen to StarCast. If you follow the link on my website to leave a review, you're automatically going to receive 100 free journaling prompts to spark your inner transformation. They're going to be sent right to your inbox, like right now. All right. Let's get into today's episode. Hola, my friends. Welcome to another episode of StarCast. Today, I am recording this in Asheville, North Carolina. Actually, we're about an hour away from Asheville in this tiny little mountain town called Marshall. So if you hear the wild birds in the background, that's just what they are. They're wild birds. We're basically like in the middle of the rainforest. Apparently, there are parts of North Carolina that are like the rainforest. Tropical birds, tropical plants, humidity, all these crazy things that are very different from the desert. So my hair is like seven times its normal size, which actually I'm kind of loving. All right. So today on StarCast, we're going to talk about a couple things. We're going to talk about, number one, the new sun cycle that we're entering. And we're also going to go back over Mars and Venus. We talked about those two homies a couple episodes ago. 
And we're going to talk about them again today because I felt like I wanted to go a little deeper with them and they are in a powerful conjunction this week. All right, so today we're talking about July 15th, 2021 till July 22nd, 2021. So what's up this week? This week we have the sun moving in to the constellation of Cancer on July 17th. It's actually going to exactly move into that sign. And remember, this is sidereal astrology, so your tropical friends are going to be like, wait, but isn't the sun heading into Leo? It's actually not. It's actually heading into Cancer. So as we progress through the sun signs throughout the year, we don't have to look at them as these like fragmented pieces of movement, right? I want us to begin to look at these pieces of movement as a whole. What does it mean to go from Aries to Taurus to Gemini to Cancer? Like what kind of cycle are we a part of? We can hone in and focus on on the micro, but we also can widen our gaze and our perspective and pan out to the macro perspective. So as we're moving from Gemini into Cancer, right? Gemini is this time of kind of heightened, busied, flurried, curious movement kind of energy. That's a lot of output. It's a lot of extroversion. It's a lot of socialness in the world. So as we wrap up our time in Gemini and move into Cancer, it's like we get we move into the cycle where we get this reprieve. We get this break. We get this time of deep inner nourishment going away from the world, kind of unplugging, right? Retreating into that inner home, that inner cave, like, whoa, I just did a lot of interaction and movement. Now what do I need to really sink in and nourish myself? And this can literally mean being in your house and having your home and really kind of sinking into your home space. Maybe you're like reorganizing your bedroom or you're going through and you're organizing all of your spices in the pantry and all of your teas. Maybe this is just my like weird Virgoan fantasy, but those are the kinds of things I fantasize about. It's really like homemaking and homesteading and nesting. Like what part of you wants to nest and let yourself sink into the places where you feel really nourished and safe and held and rejuvenated? Because we're going to need this inner time as we once again get ready to prepare for the the next cycle that's coming after this, which is the cycle of Leo. It's taking all of that energy and the nourishment that we've had in the Cancerian world, all of the rest and the inner time that we've had, there's, there's going to be something that we're thinking about and creating in this time, in this Cancerian time. And that is what kind of comes out and gets shared with the world as we move into the time of Leo after this. So as we're talking about sun signs, I want us to always think about the sign before and the sign after, because there's a cycle that we're moving out of, and there's a cycle that we're moving into. And that's really relevant. We're part of a whole. We're part of a cycle. We're part of a bigger movement that's happening. So really let yourself enjoy this Cancerian time, sinking in, safety, nourishment, belonging, home, rest. It can be a time where a lot of feelings come up, right? When we're unplugged more from that outer world and we have a lot of emotions that we finally get to sit with that we haven't had time to tend to because we've been so busy, because it's been so loud, because it's been so noisy. 
it can be a very emotional time, a time to be with family, with people who feel like family. So that's what I wanted to say about this sun cycle that we're moving into. And the next piece I want to talk about is that Mars-Venus piece. So we talked about Mars-Venus a couple weeks ago. They're still very much conjunct. They're one degree apart for a lot of this week. They're still in that sign of cancer. And they're coming into a, a tighter conjunction this week than they were in the previous week. So they're really sitting right next to each other. And I wanted to go a little bit deeper here. So Mars and Venus together, they invite us into integrating really this wholeness within ourselves. It, it really is the masculine and the feminine and how that comes into play inside of us to make this whole version of ourselves. And Mars, the masculine, being this part of us that wants to take action, our libido, our primalness, right? the part of us that has desire and will and says, let's do this, let's go, right? And Venus being that more feminine part of us that says, this is what I value more than anything in the world. This is what's beautiful to me. This is what is so close to my heart and so intimate to me that I value it more than anything. And so when these two come together, we get to ask these questions about, number one, what do I value more than anything? And number two, what kind of support do I need to really make that happen? Because we all need support to bring our passions into the world, right? If they stay in that feminine place, that place where we just value it. And we're like, this is so beautiful to me. I just value it. But it almost, it needs the Mars engine behind it to make it come into fruition, to give it the action, to give it the drive, to give it the steps where it actually manifests in the world. So something's happening here because they're in the sign of cancer. What do I value and how do I actually make that happen? When we ask those questions, a lot of emotions can come up around that, right? Past memories, maybe past regrets, maybe things that have held us back in the past. This is all kind of the shadow realm of cancer. It's like, ooh, you know, that thing that I valued, it didn't really come into fruition. It didn't really happen. I have some sadness. I have some pain. I have some grief. I have some feelings about that. Maybe I even have nostalgia about that. Maybe I have this longing for it that it never happened. It's almost like time for all of that stuff to be brought up with Mars and Venus and Cancer. It can be old stuff linked to our family. I like old family roles that we've played instead of living out what we really want, what we really value, what we really desire. Old family contracts, like these unspoken, really old, almost lineage ancestral agreements that we've held and maybe it's time for some of those agreements to be looked at maybe there are some cords that need to be cut there so that we can have this freedom to really value what's most important to us and to actually go after it and have it and there can be pain and sadness as we look at that like mm, yeah this does need to be let go of this is really old this is really, really old for me, and I want to move into the future. But sometimes that means we have to grieve and feel the past. There's a, there's a real letting go here. What needs to be let go of so that what I value and what I want 
can really come into fruition. The last time we talked about Mars and Venus, I talked about it in terms of coming into intimate spaces and vulnerability. So this time I'm talking about it in a bit of a different way because that's how the planets work, right? They don't just have one manifestation of what they can be. They can mean so many different things. We still have that tenderness present in the Mars and Venus and Cancer, right? It's tender. It's tender to think about things in the past that have held us back or old family roles that we've played, old obligations, old expectations, the cords that maybe need to be um, unfurled and untethered so that we can really live into the future of our lives. That's all, that's all part of this. It can be very tender and a lot of emotion and that's all to be felt and that all has a place here as well. Cancer encourages us to feel those feelings, to feel those emotions. So what's happening this week is that Mars and Venus are now sitting in reflection to and opposition to Jupiter in Aquarius. It's an out of sign opposition And so Jupiter is sitting there at six degrees Aquarius retrograding. Remember, it's going backwards. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but Jupiter is actually retrograde right now and it's moving backward in the sky or it's appearing to move backward in the sky. It's not actually doing that, but that's what it kind of looks like to us from the Earth's perspective. So we have Jupiter sitting in opposition to Mars and Venus. So it's enhancing this dynamic. Jupiter makes everything bigger. It's like, whoa, no, what do you really value? And what do you really want? And there might be all of these feelings coming up about it. There might be all of these old patterns that we're noticing that have held us back from this in the past. Cancer and the moon can really, and the fourth house, can really tune us into our past. What's in the past? What's behind us? what we're loyal to almost to a fault, what we cling to in terms of family and belonging and place and home, sometimes in a way where we're reluctant to move into the future, where we're claiming new family, claiming new home, claiming a new sense of belonging. Jupiter is enhancing all of this, making it bigger. And Jupiter is also really holding that forward vision for us. It's saying there is a future. There is hope. There is forward movement. There's some old stuff that might be stirred up, that might be painful right now, but there's also always hope for the future here. I'm holding this vision for you. Your future is here. It is now. It's here for you to step into. What does it mean to live in the future, in the presentness of your life? What's happening right now? What you're creating right now? What's no longer behind you but what's here and what's in front of you how do we step into that how do we launch into that there's incredible hope here jupiter holds that hope for us so because it's an opposition we might tend to fall on one side or the other of that opposition as we do we tend to do that with oppositions we kind of choose a side and we're like i'm actually more comfortable with the like nostalgia and the holding on to the past or I'm more comfortable being the visionary and the forward thinker and I don't think about the past at all like I cut the past out I don't feel any of those emotions I just move forward we want to integrate both parts of this opposition that's really the medicine in the planets sitting in opposition to one another letting both sit inside of us like a seesaw like a teeter-totter finding their way into this really beautiful form of balance Right? It's, the, it's the quality of Libra in the opposition. It's the quality of the seventh house. 
how are we finding balance here? How are we both honoring the past, but also knowing that our life is in the present and it's in the future and it's forward movement. We're going forward, but we always have this narrative. We have this story that has traveled with us. Maybe we haven't quite made sense of it yet. Maybe we don't understand why it's all happened the way it's happened. But it, our narrative is part of us. It's with us. It never leaves us. It informs who we are in the present. But Jupiter says, look forward. Like, look to where you are right now. Look to where your feet are planted in this moment. Where have you taken yourself in this moment? Where have you brought yourself? And where are you moving from this point forward? Allow yourself to be so in the here and now. Look at this trajectory of your life that you're on. Where are you headed? Where are you going? The future is bright, my friend. The future is bright. The future is hopeful. The future is change, right? Aquarius, Jupiter and Aquarius, the future is about bringing in the new, bringing in the change. It's going to change. And change means we let go or we don't and we're friggin' miserable, right? We're just trying to cling and hold the past and we don't let go. We don't feel what we need to feel in order to move into that Aquarian change in the Aquarian vision of the future. All right, so that is what I wanted to kind of go back over this week. And it felt like Mars and Venus wanted to speak in a different way and they had more to say. I will leave you with those thoughts for today. So two things as we wrap up. Number one, if you have any questions about astrology, even if it's about your chart, feel free to email them to me at jen at jenantil.com and I will talk about them on the show. I'll talk about them on this podcast because even if it's about your own chart, even if it feels very personal to you, I guarantee you it can become relevant to all of us as a whole and all of us as a community and as a collective. And number two, I'm going to be launching Star School Level 2 in a couple of weeks. Star School is my online astrology course, and I have level one, but now I'm launching level two, which is a shorter course. It's a five-week course, and we're really going to get into the depth of planetary relations, meaning what happens when Mars and Neptune are conjunct? What happens when Uranus and Venus are in opposition? We're going to go through each planetary pair and really hone in on the depth of what these relationships mean. So when I first started learning astrology, I did not learn to read charts like this. I really learned to look at charts very individually. Like, okay, Mars in Capricorn means blah, blah, blah. Sun in Leo is blah, blah, blah. I learned to look at a chart very individually. And that can be helpful as we're starting out. But I never really learned how to put the planets together and look at them in relationship to one another. And I don't think there's anything more important in learning how to read a chart than learning how to look at the planets in relationship to one another. We are related beings. We are interconnected beings. Just as much as humans are, so are the planets. And so my chart readings really started to come alive when I added in this element of really looking at the aspects and how the planets are related. So we're just focusing on that in Star School Level 2. If you have a really great foundation of astrology underneath your feet, meaning, yeah, I pretty much know what the houses mean, I know what the constellations are, I have a good feeling for the planets, then this would be a great place for you to hop in and get a 
greater understanding and depth of how the planets relate to each other. And of course, if you've taken star school level one, this is obviously the next step. So I encourage you all to watch out for that launch happening in a couple of weeks. You can also go to my website, of course, and read more about it there, jenantil.com, and I will be keeping you updated about it. All right, until next week, I will talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in today. Don't forget to leave me a review by going to jenantil.com. Once you do, you're going to receive 100 free journaling prompts to spark your radical transformation. Damn, that's cool, right? To book an astrology reading with me, you can go to my website at jenantil.com or find me on Instagram at jen underscore antil underscore astrology. And again, my last name is Antil. It's like Ant Hill, but without an H. You got this. All right. Thanks for listening to StarCast. Until next time.